Before we go forward, we look back. We're taking a look at the first half of the independent season this week on the Indie Bar Report Podcast. We're back again, episode number 228 of the Indie Bar Report Podcast. I'm Nick Ryan's here again because he lives in my basement. So... That's the situation as it stands. We're doing a bunch of stuff today. We're breaking from the format that we recently established like two months ago. Is that two months ago? I guess it would be about two months ago. We're breaking from that format today so we could do a whole review of the first half of the independent season, partially for two reasons. One, because I'm away this, well, not this week, next week. And, well, mainly the days we record, I'm busy. So there's that. And two, because it's really the midpoint in just about every league season so it kind of works itself out yeah man if you're leaving who's gonna feed me like you know what hold on nah i got more of that good cotton candy stuff that's in your wall so we'll be all right all right good i was gonna say there's some dead yellow jackets down there you should be able to eat those sounds like protein make it happen i'm allergic to bees that gonna be an issue never mind doesn't matter just rip the stingers out you'll be fine nothing wrong with taking a long nap Exactly. It's not, they may have some poison on them, but uh, you don't got to worry about that. Until you lick them. It's extra flavor, really. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So before we get into the review, which is going to, like I said, have every single team in each of the core four leagues, because I'm going to try and to make core four catch on. Because and we're going to be very, very focused and move through that with speed, I'm sure. I can't wait to get down to North Carolina on Friday. Having not edited this episode yet, and after spending eight hours in a car going down there going, all right, it's 8.30, time for me to start editing, and then look up and go, ooh, it's 11.30, I'm almost done editing, and then go, ooh, it's 2.30, I finally finished editing. I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, like so familiar, I just got chills. Um, (laughs) I like, circling back, core four, I like that. Um, yeah. I've been struggling. I've been like the, the big four. I like core four. Um, I like how far we're going to not say partner league cause it's stupid. Well, yeah, everyone thinks it's stupid. Even the people in the league think it's stupid cause it is stupid. Yeah. Except they won't go on the record, which is fine. It's fine guys. Unless you want to go on the record, in which case my DMS are open. <laughs> yeah. Remember when they got yelled at for saying independent still? Uh, I remember when I got yelled at for it. Yes. <laughs> Both running AOPB Roundup, which is my own thing, fight me on it, uh, and when I was in the league working for a team. Oh, God. I wonder why they'd be annoyed about that. I don't know, bro. But the, uh, yeah, <laughs> throw back to the time I was on the league, like permanently featured on the league website until they got mad at me for just reporting on things. And oh. then that was it. Wow. Good news is you get to continue to report on things. So that's good. But, uh, yeah, man, there's three other leagues that acknowledge my existence. Exactly. See, and we got to talk about at least two of those three leagues because we're starting with some news before we get into the review. And it was a surprisingly good news week, by the way. We're recording this on Wednesday the 19th. So in case yeah. you're wondering so why. You're, it, so, yeah. Yeah. If the content seems a little evergreen focused. Yeah. No, no coincidence. No. Yeah, so you kind of know there. And likewise, if something major happened on 20 or 21, and it's not mentioned here, you can kind of figure out why that's the case. We'll get around to it when we wind up recording next week. Probably uh, it would have to be either Friday or Saturday. 
Hey, in the meantime, you can always check out what I'm up to, my the Indie Ball Nation uh, podcast platforms and or YouTube channel. There's a good chance I post something about it. If not, maybe I tweet about it or I'm, you know, dead to the world. Hard to tell. I'm a little inconsistent. What a beautiful way to just slide that on in there. Look, at Look you. man, I just, I'm just here to offer an alternative. I'm like, oh, you're out of town? I'm happy to be here. Look at you chewing through the wires. I took out ALPB underscore news first. I'm coming for an evil <laughs> report from the inside. <laughs> oh, crap. Okay. Well, see, here's the thing. If we could just go ahead and kill ambition like we normally do around here, I shouldn't have a problem. So that's good news. Kill ambition. Jesus. Ambition comes to die here. We have a near 100% kill rate. Oh, yeah. I love that. Okay. I'm going to pocket that. Yeah. Continuing. Figures the guy that works in corporate America would steal it. Hey, man, you'd figure the guy who works in corporate America would know a thing or two about killed ambition. Well, see, yeah, we're already off to a bad start. So let's just get into the mm-hmm. news and uh, Frontier League President Eric Krupa because he stepped down from his position. But uh, yeah, he stepped down from his position as president of the Frontier League. Uh, he has taken a position with. Ryan Sanders Sports, he's going to be their COO. Uh, He's going to handle properties including the Round Rock Express, San Antonio Mission, RS3 Turf, and RS3 Strategic Hospitality. Krupa was the third person to lead the Frontier League since Bill Lee's retirement in 2020. We do not have a timetable for his replacement. However, it does seem like this job is becoming uh, increasingly hard to keep people in. Yeah, I mean, we don't have a ton of facts on this. They're being pretty, like, I mean, all my sources are dry on it. And have the only feedback I've really gotten is that they're keeping it pretty close to the best of the top. Um, I mean, what do you think is more likely? Pressure from the top or pressure from the bottom causing problems? Like, I mean, I know it's all conjecture. And I know we have a lot to talk about, you know, around the corner in this episode. But... Um, I'll breeze over some trash teams to the bottom of the division so that we can talk about this a little bit because I'm fascinated. Um, yeah. I mean, what do you think? What's your what's your react like gut tell you? What it tells me is that like there's definitely one or two major players that just kind of go for their way and it doesn't really matter what the rest say. Like that's the kind of sense I get here. And I can't quite tell like who they are. Like obviously I got some guesses. I mean, one is listed in the article on the uh Frontier League site, and we talked about it at length last week. I wouldn't be surprised if that particular individual has something to say about who gets the role and what they do in the role. Uh, but you know, I think it is more a select group that is more or less calling the shots here, right? Because when you look at the Frontier League as a whole, both its strength and its weakness. It's its diversity and its roster of teams, right? Like you have some rather small markets like Avon, Ohio, and Washington, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. And then you have three teams in northern New Jersey, New York. And then you have one team yeah. in Quebec. And you have a team just outside St. Louis. And then you have a team in like Florence, Kentucky, which is right next to Cincinnati. So for every kind of small market team you have, you have one more larger market team. And I have to imagine with the increase in travel from the merger, which again, I think there's there's a lot of benefits and then there's obviously some cons to it. The cost of travel and I imagine the general overall cost of the league itself, it has to be one of the negatives attached to it. 
And if you are a smaller market team, you probably aren't in love with that extra cost. I have to imagine that is some pressure there. But if you're a larger market team that can more easily afford to eat it, which I'm not even sure every larger market team can afford to eat. I mean, you can look at the attendance numbers and kind of start to piece together, even if someone's lying, if they're doing well or not well. You know, so I think the larger market teams are more apt to say, well, let's get this giant, large, sprawling league because you can afford to be in it. And a larger league looks better on paper. It looks better to sell, especially if you're in more of a traditionally Atlantic league or say even an American association market. When you're fighting against teams that each have a couple of former major leaguers on it and you have guys that are like, he was a top five round draft pick. He was really good in college. He may have been like a kind of sort of known local prospect, you know, as your draw versus like this dude played in the majors for five years. You know, it, it becomes more difficult. So I think it is probably a mixture of teams at the bottom that are more of those small market teams having some issues but i think it's more or less the teams at the top that are kind of like hey we kind of want to be prioritized here we know who's important yeah as you started talking about that i really you know some things started kind of connecting in my head and from my time in and around the atlantic league i I noticed the amount of tension and disagreement that happened between owners and now I, I'm not well versed enough on how the Frontier League, you know, present spot works. I don't know if you know he works for the owners, kind of like the MLB commissioner does. I know there's different arrangements based on how the league wants to go about things, but um, the I was surprised to an extent by the disagreements, like the tensions between, you know, we talked before. Oh no, we have already mentioned here, like the partner league tension. You know, are we a partner league? MLB partner league? Do we lean into that? Can we say independent baseball for? Certain markets, they felt there was opportunity within the independent baseball marketing because mm. their city might have just been broken up with by MLB and MILB, and they don't really see the value in the MLB association. Um, others are so happy to have it because it gives like an air of legitimacy in their mind and maybe to their fan base. So that was a huge sticking point. And then you look at, you know, um, the the way money is split up, the way scheduling is done, the way um, you know roster rules are handled in then you realize that within that league, I mean, there's not been that much addition. Like there's been a couple teams added in like two or three owner groups that have added in, but like for the most part, it's been the same crew just slowly adding. And then you look over the frontier that's had, you know, all this changeover since they combined with Can-Am and you're like, Oh man, like they've combined full leagues and they've had to find middle ground for everybody. That must, I can see that being a source of tension. I could see it being an impossible situation in many ways. And yeah, now, I, I mean, just working corporate America enough, I'm kind of like, you know, all you need is one situation too, where like everyone sees what the issue is, but mm. you can't actually address it for whatever reason, whether it's one person or a group not being able to not pull the trigger and not letting you do it. And it just becomes completely untenable and something you don't want to do. So this is interesting. I mean, could just be a better opportunity to leave them for two, but this is yeah. definitely a weird way to leave it. The effect of immediately is an odd vibe. Um, yeah. You would think it would have been a slower roll into it, too. And just to add on the kind of tension part, too, you also have to factor in that when you're merging leagues, you're eliminating positions as well. So you never know if, like, obviously there's going to be some positions you just don't need two of or that you simply Mm -hmm. can't have two of. 
But if you eliminate the position and you get rid of the person along with it, or you do something that is negative to that person, if they're well-liked, it definitely, it gets noticed and that vibe and that energy is felt throughout the entire organization now, right? So you factor that in on top of, I got to imagine there's some people that, you know, had to take a demotion to keep a job that aren't exactly thrilled about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you look at two of the markets that were sort of absorbed in on the, um, you know, yeah. added in and the difference between them too. You have all the, the Midwest ones who have got to figure they have a very like local focused. Um, I don't know. Even that's weird. Cause like it's like local small towns, but a lot of them are suburbs of bigger towns. And then you've got the weird dynamics of being at the East coast, which is different energy and then Canada, like it's all those different, like I can't imagine picking one branding strategy or marketing strategy is easy. Like, God, I can't think of a, a single thing that would be simple there. And not to mention, I've heard, I'll say from multiple teams, cause I don't think this puts anybody on the spot. I'm sure every team in the league is aware of the talk. Like the people are tired of the travel. It's not, something's got to give on that one. They either need to expand the footprint. So not expand, but uh, sort of add some density to the footprint or they need to shorten or you know, shrink the footprint a little bit because yeah, teams aren't happy with it when it comes to especially that northeast to gateway travel is just like not practical. I mean, hell, you saw Windy City this weekend travel all the way to Jersey. So they did they did the All-Star game in Windy City, right? Yeah. And then they went to Jersey, played two games on Saturday because of rain. Yeah. And then Sussex. came home. Yep. Like what like you did, it's just not tenable. It's exactly. not a good expense. Not to mention that they so it was a period of bad scheduling. I mean, like if we're being honest with ourselves here. What it should have been was Quebec was already playing Rockland at that point in Rockland. I mean, New York, but you get what I mean. Empire State could have just went and played Windy City instead just earlier. Send them out later on. Let Quebec play the Miners at home then because they're already right there. They're fifty, not even 50 miles away send them down to play that weekend and then send Windy City out to play in the middle of the week. Give them the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday slate at Skylands. Yeah. Then one thing I do want to touch on before we move on to something else or at least circle back into the actual Krumpel discussion, but ideally I think getting rid of Empire State, adding another team either in Canada or the Northeast would be the ideal outcome. You could kind of do more pods type setup a four, a four, a four, and a four. So that mm-hmm. way you could kind of more easily organize your travel to kind of get most of those big road trips out of the way in like two or to four week period, right? Where it's like, okay, yeah. these two weeks, we're on the road. We're going to be going out west. Got to be simple as that. And then we're done. And then two weeks or like a month to a month and a half later, another big road trip out there. We're finishing the rest of it. And just being done and then playing the teams that are still in your conference, which I assume would still be East and West. But then you have your divisions amongst in there. Because, I mean, like, that's the one nice thing about 16. And we could argue if 16 is too big for an independent league or not. But what is a positive with it is it's a very flexible number to where you can move it around. You can do divisions certain ways. You can have conferences. You can have, you know... You can have classification upon classification upon category upon category within that 16 number. 
So you could do four and four and then take two division winners in that four and four and then still have a wild card if you wanted to do that or have just, you know, however way you want to do it. Have one overall winner and then half division. You have a lot of flexibility is the point. So that is the one positive thing at that number. So, you know, I, I would say, yeah, getting back to that would be ideal. Now, would dropping down to 14 be good? Probably not. 14, I don't think, is a great number for working schedules and certainly not for making pods and helping out with the scheduling. But that's one way of doing it, too. Either way, though, um, it is an interesting point on the timing to leave in the middle of the year or coming out of the All-Star game. It definitely feels odd, and it feels like the kind of thing that, like, I get it because of the nature of this position, being a, a chief operating officer, it's a high-ranking position. It's one of the higher-ranking positions uh, at just about any company. So they can't really say, like, oh, yeah, take two months, finish out your season, then come over. That's not really an option. So like, I get it, but just it's odd that they can't find anyone to stay in this. I mean, it's been, what, about two, three years, and every year we get a new person leading the show. Like, what? What are we doing? Yeah, that's that's not what you want to see at all. That's that's not the indicator of good times. Um, Hard to get somebody else of quality in there too if they keep seeing people leaving. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's well said. Um, I think uh, there's a lot of questions to answer because I feel like Frontier League is probably an, an indecisive situation. Because are you gonna? add and really i mean they must they seem committed to 16 otherwise why would you keep empire state around unless they're not comfortable cutting a team loose i guess that makes sense um i mean they're also in a position now where they're i I talked about it on my daily recap today like i i don't think this is a huge loss for them no offense it's just that i think of the four you know the core four as we're saying they're probably the number three you know executive you know, mm-hmm. office for a league. And that's because the Atlantic League, as we mentioned many times before, cannot get out of their own way. Uh, but I think the American Association policy-wise um, has been doing the right things to try to close the gap between them and the Atlantic League. And they have in many ways. I think yeah. Atlantic League's opened that gap up a little bit, not because they're competent and not because the American Association's incompetent. I think it's just the ebb and flow. Um, yeah. But the Frontier League, I think it's notable how few steps forward they've taken competition and wise and part of that's empire state part of it's just the roster restrictions and i think that's something they're gonna have to deal with um i'm i am starting to hear the chatter now <laughs> i can say that of you know possible changes to the roster restrictions but i, I that's a can of worms like we can't even go into it too much right now because there's a lot of conjecture i guess but right now um so they have a, an annual salary cap. Uh, Atlantic League uses a monthly, but it works out to about the Atlantic League salary cap is about double over the course of a year to what the frontier is. I mean, that's so a huge gap to gonna, close. Yeah, and I mean it's it's doable when you're the frontier league if you have ten rookies you're paying a thousand dollars, you know, uh, what a month to I guess. But yeah. um, it, once you're trying to get vets in there and you're competing, you're going to compete to get them with the Atlantic League or otherwise, you know, what are you really attracting? Uh, you're going to have to bump that pay up toward two grand for say five of four or five of those guys. So that's going to be more money every month. That's like toward two grand a month. So say that's an extra 20 K right there, just from increasing and changing up the roster restrictions. Like that's a big thing from owners. I mean, 
it's not something that they're going to want to do easily. It's 2,000 ticket sales, essentially. Yeah, I mean, how um, many outfield ball ads are there? You know, there's a lot of wall ads. They got to get sold right. to make that up. Plus, on a scaling issue, too, it, uh, it's a lot easier to do that when you're like a 10 or 12 team league versus a team that has 15 permanent members looking for a 16th, you know? It's a hard sell to a lot of markets, especially ones that may have been either cut by MLB or are, you know, more historically summer college markets to say, hey, I know you've been able to get away with unpaid labor for the most part, but if you're just willing to spend, you know, several hundred thousands of dollars on labor now, all of a sudden, you know, now you can be a professional team. You know, that's that's a tough sell. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. We shift to the American Association, a league that is, I think, fairly safe to say better well-ran, and one of those better well-ran initiatives was their Hall of Fame that they announced last year. We know Miles Wolf was the lone representative in the first class, but this year we have four members joining the Hall of Fame class, this beautiful American Association All-Star Weekend from which the East wins. So that was not one of those crystal balls that uh, aged well, by the way. Uh, but we have one player, a couple of managers, and uh, I guess an, only one owner, maybe like two, two-ish owners. Uh, first up, the player, Reggie Abercrombie. I think this is a pretty safe addition into the American Association Hall of Fame. He, sp- he spent 10 seasons of baseball with Sioux Falls, and Winnipeg, he's a two-time champion, both of Winnipeg 16-17. He is the all-time leader in games played, runs, hits, home runs, and RBIs. Third all-time in steals, fifth all-time in doubles. A guy that really deserves to be there. And a guy who, when I saw his name, I was like, oh, damn, he actually played here. Because somewhere in my vast baseball card collection, I have a, a uh, Reggie Abercrombie marlins card so that's a fun Ooh, fact yes that is a fun fact i like that one yeah keep that for us some immaculate grid honestly <laughs> you'd be perfect for that indie right? ball immaculate grid coming to you soon oh god yeah don't make any promises i'm making promises if they don't work out blame ryan fair enough remember when he plugged all his stuff earlier that's where you can go to complain yeah that's fair yep i'll love that all and right um yeah i feel i mean i like this one uh i mean just the i mean the accumulation is crazy, but also like the numbers across the board are really solid. Like, I mean, yeah, no argument here. It, just, it makes sense. Uh, next one up, Ed Noddle. It says like owner, manager. I don't really know. Like the way it's phrased makes it sound like he managed more than he owned. It was mainly with Sioux Falls. Uh, 93 to 2000, and then 2006 to 2007, managed 10 seasons, won 418 games as a manager. Certainly deserving. I don't know if he was, like, part of ownership, too, or not. It's confusing to me, to be quite honest. So, yeah. Either way, deserves to be in there for the managing alone, but uh, that is part of it. Yeah, um, I've been trying to find a little more information on exactly what uh, role he had, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a little unclear. But for I mean, four eighteen games over ten seasons—that's pretty good work. Um, it, it's hard with managers, man. I don't know. It, I'm with it. It's just—it's a weird spot for me where it's just long before I really know much about it, and then this like 
they didn't go into hyper detail on like the description. So it doesn't even like, I'm like, Oh cool. I'll do all my own research on this. Shout out to the American association. Much appreciated. Yeah. It just feels like they kind of were like, okay, here's the outline. Go color it in. Right. And I'm like, okay, now, now I got to go into the back, back alley of baseball reference. Thanks for that one. Yeah. And the thing is too, like I looked them up and I was really doing a lot of work on this, but like when his major like period of, you know, his prime really in this league was, was not really a strong internet documentation period. So there's, you really got to do some digging to find anything here that isn't in the press release. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, I'm trying to find a good breakdown of it. I mean, oh God, I don't want to like chip away. I'm also like, was he a below 500 manager over that time? Cause like, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's I something mean, that, that I, 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 don't, I don't mean to start something, but uh, I mean, I'm doing some quick math here. It's close. Um, uh, Indy, 16 seasons. Now, of course, like for independent too, he had like a season with like Ottawa. Oh, eight. So probably like Ottawa Rapids would be my guess. Or was it? Yep. Ottawa Rapids. A couple seasons in Brockton. So, like, when it says Indy, he managed... Wow, one just short of 1,400. Technically, technically, below 500 manager across independent league. However, uh, in the Ottawa year, he went 31 and 63. That was not a good Ottawa team, though. So, like, take that off the table. I mean, uh, I mean actually, come back now. Um, there are some really brutal seasons in there. I mean, like, there's a 26 yeah. and 58 season. That's not a great. Look. But again, a lot of the time, I mean, that's not on the manager. We know how Indy Ball can go. I mean, like, admittedly, there's a 52 and 28 season in here too. So, like, I'll give him credit there. But like, I'm seeing a lot of sub 500 seasons. I think he might have been in ownership with them in 98, 99, 2000, and he did that, well then. So you know, that was kind of my implication. Like, kind of what I got at was that he was part of ownership for a period of time, and that was just like, screw it, I'm going to manage to, which. On one hand, kind of respect it. On the other hand, it's like, hey, I don't know about that. I mean, he managed, what, the only season of the Ottawa Rapids, which he did not even manage the entire season, which I think might say more about the Ottawa Rapids than anything else. Next one up, Doug. Simonic, uh, the manager that just recently had his number retired in Fargo-Moorhead, managed for 25 years across Fargo-Moorhead, Winnipeg, and Rochester, Minnesota, six-time champion in 94, 98, 06, 03, 09, 2010. Yes, I went to order in there because I skipped over 03 when I was reading it. Uh, he was the one of the winningest managers in the history of independent ball with nearly... 1400 wins uh in his career another guy that deserves it i'll say this i mean i obviously missed out on uh really the, the glory days of doug simonic simonic uh but i'll say that's right put some uh, i've been very vocal in his name well look i've been very vocal about my uh appreciation and uh how impressed i am when it comes to chris coast mm -hmm. i will tell you this though point blank and the period there has never been a manager who looked so much like they belonged in fargo like my guy <laughs> looks like the most fargo manager you've ever laid eyes on and i'm looking at pictures of him right now i want to see year one 
new manager year. I want to see what that looked like because I'm guaranteeing he's always looked like that. Like I'm, I'm guaranteeing like he, since he might've come out of the womb looking like a Fargo boy. Like I love it for the squad. Um, More the than manager, Michael I mean, the numbers speak for himself. That's why I'm not elaborating on the numbers. I mean, he managed forever and put up numbers. That is what it forever. is. But, um, like for exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I just, it is amazing. If everybody look it up or show notes, probably will have the link to the article. They have really the headshot, the, the glamour shot of what's going on there. The money um, shot. Some would say, some would say I wouldn't feels weird, but yep. Um, I, I just am very impressed with that to the point though. Um, yeah, I mean, six league championships as a triple A catcher. That's kind of hilarious as a fun fact too. That's the most indie ball manager vibe possible. Um, but, uh, Man Fargo from 96 to 2017 is just the most mind-blowing thing. Love the Winnipeg and Rochester stop before that. Love like one year <laughs> with Rochester, two at Winnipeg, and then a cool, what, 21 with Fargo. Hilarious. Like, that's, that's, if he found a spot. Yeah. In any case, Mike Beck, uh, owner of the St. Paul Saints, one of the founding members of the Northern League. I think his antics are pretty well known. Mm-hmm. Call them antics, call them tactics. Call him effective. So, yeah, he just deserves to be here, even if he did leave. So, good for him. I agree. <laughs> All right. I, I don't have much else to add. I mean, do you like I, the name of the pig yeah. this year? What was that? Do you like the name of the pig this year? I'm lost on that. Oh, so, yeah, I suppose I should explain that. So, every year, what St. Paul does is they get a pig and they raise this pig for the entirety of the year. And it's kind of like a mascot type of thing. And they name the pig creative stuff every year. They slaughter that bad boy on home play when it goes down. Oh, no. They did that one year, though. Like, they didn't slaughter it. What they did was they said, oh, we're going to have a pig roast of the pig. And they handed out, like, a disposable, like, uh, cutlery. Like, you know, forks and knives and napkins and shit. They handed it in going in and, like, tricked everyone to think they were going to actually roast the pig alive. That's so dark sided, but I love it. It it drew well. And there's a, that's part of like a documentary that the Saints put out there. Uh, if you want to look it up, right. I think it's on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, I think case, I do. Yeah. I remember that one. You just can't have good fun like that that makes kids cry anymore. I know. But um, yeah, so there is that. Uh, but so they do have a pig. The pig normally winds up going to, I believe, some sort of sanctuary farm, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, hmm. the St. Paul Saints. Uh, selected Mud Grant as the pig. Solid. I like that. In honor of Bud Grant. Naturally. Yes, naturally. I'm trying to find out a history of these other names here. So while I look for the names of St. Paul pigs, uh, I suppose talking about Robert Stock's no-hitter would be a way to go with this. Yeah, Bobby Stock. Going off, man. Yeah. Uh, first, I got a first no-hitter. First no-hitter in the Atlantic League in over a decade. Um Lenny DiNardo was the last one who threw it. Um, that was in 2013. Now we're saying individual. I don't respect combined no-hitters. Sorry about that. Um, but even so, there was only one combined no-hitter, and that was last year, Gastonia against Lexington, which I'm surprised didn't have more authentic. Lexington had like four one-hitters last year. Different topic. Um, By the way, yeah, do you consider... Lenny DiNardo uh, threw it. Yeah. Do you consider sevening no-hitters to be no-hitters? No. no. Okay. Nope. What about Matt Sergi's seven-inning perfect game? Because I believe Matt Sergi no. has seven-inning perfect game. Um, no. Oh, oh, okay. Tough. Um, <laughs> I got to look at the Frontier the, League now for this. 
the um but Langdon Arno, yeah, who actually retweeted my tweet today, which I then realized was a grammar mistake and was a little late in the game then. Oh, uh, I'll find, I'll say the it, it, little quirks from a lengthy no-hitter history before we talk about it. I'll say that so over a decade, it was May 8th, 2013, that Lane DiNardo threw his for Lancaster against Long Island. And then uh, if you want to go back before that, you have to go all the way back to 2006, uh, when Atlantic actually threw two within three weeks of each other, Lincoln Mickelson uh, of the, I believe, ill-fated 25th anniversary team, um, threw one against Lancaster. And then a couple weeks later, uh, July 5th, maybe maybe a little uh, July 4th. Camden goes hard on July 4th. Um, no, this was in Atlantic City. That, oh, there was definitely some Atlantic City partying from Camden yeah. after the game on July 4th. July 5th getting a no-no tossed against you. In a seven-inning game, which I assume is because it was a doubleheader, so that sounds like a situation for a hangover game. Mm. Um, but if you go back to, there's only been five previously. If you go back to the second one ever thrown, I think the interesting thing, don't know if I've ever seen this before in another uh, record book like this, no. Joe Gannon threw one for Newark, and it specifically uh, indicates that he is a knuckleball pitcher. Kind of so cool. That, I know, right? I kind of like that. Um, and I'm sure... And Mickey Janice would appreciate that kind of, um, you know, attention on, on the craft. Which can I just interrupt to go back to pig talk quickly? Uh, I mean, why not? Okay. So last <laughs> year was apparently St. Paul's 30th anniversary season. So they tried to incorporate <laughs> 30 into it. So uh, they called the pig and they have pictures of these pigs. And I'm not going to lie to you. Some of these little piglets are actually kind of cute. Uh, oh, my God. They honestly are like a picture of the St. Paul pick. Uh, but they named it Tommy Two Tome, you know, the A67509 guy. And the reason why they did okay. that was they wound up going Tommy Two Tone 867530 Swine. Stop. Yes. I hate it. There's a YouTube video. Oh my God. Other um, yeah, they have other names in here too. Um, Daenerys uh, Hagarian to play on uh, the Game of Thrones thing. Uh, there's also Pork Knight was another one. Uh, alternate Fats for 2017, I believe it was. Uh, 2014, they had uh, Stephen Colbor. They also wound up going with, in 2012, they had two of them, uh, Kim Lardashian and Chris Humphreys. They also went with MacLabor in 2013, Brett Favre in 2010, Slumhog Millionaire in 2009, Barack Obama, or Ohama, my mistake, Ohama, in 2008, and the notorious PIG Piggy Smalls in 03, and then they went the kind of obvious one in 01 with Kevin Bacon. I mean, Amazon Prime is also waiting out there. Oh, damn. I think they just... I want to say, too, they hit one with, like, kind of an Elon Musk one as of late. Elon I thought Musk. I could have sworn. I, yeah, I could have sworn I seen it. Same point. Let me look this up again while we continue to talk about Mickey Janis uh, being jealous of uh, Joe Gannon's no-hitter. Um, yeah, I will say, uh, yeah, there's something noteworthy on all the individual no-hitters here, like additional to the fact that they're no-hitters. So you got the Last no-hitter, which was over 10 years ago now, and that was against Long Island, which is fascinating. And then he had the two within three weeks in 2006. The no-hitter 
from the knuckleballer in 2004, Joe Gannon. And then 2001, the first ever one, is also the most recent Long Island one. Huh. It's been 22 years plus since they've thrown one. Uh, that was Rod Henderson getting it done. Um, yeah, I'm not big on the combined no-header, but you know, have, what I really disrespect is the Somerset, or sorry, the Camden one against Somerset, combined yeah. no-hitter in seven innings. Get, all right, stop it. You That's offensive to your sensibilities. What are we doing? Yeah, hate that. Um, personal, Wilmington's come up a few times in this one. I witnessed back-to-back no-hitters in Wilmington. Uh, Wilmington got hit in two games in a row. Uh, one was a seven-inning game, but yeah, that happened. Oh, damn. You can still name the ball pick. You can still name the ball pick. I don't have that urge, but uh, I do appreciate that. First name, last name, email address, name suggestion, all in there. You could put it in Amazon Prime if you really wanted to. Uh, but yeah, it was a Blue Rocks in 2014, back-to-back nights. It was a, uh, I believe, let me see, it was the combined no-hit on a Thursday night. And then ah, there it is. the next day, game one of a doubleheader, and it was it was a tough scene, dude. Yeah, so. Right after, and they had to do fireworks after. Ugh, ooh, tough scene. That's tough. But so back onto this pick point. Because I'm really, really hung up on this. We're having a hog of a time. So again, I'm going to send you the picture of this because now apparently they do have a name for it. It is an Elon Musk type thing. And it is Squealon Musk. Jesus Christ. That, in fairness, take a look at the DM that I sent you. And tell me that pig isn't kind of cute. I'm not a pig guy, man. But look at it. It's kind of cute. I'm not into it, bro. It's cute. No, I'm not Come into on. it. Like nah. that little snout. Look at those little hoops. Nah, you know his Q keeps scrolling up, Bobby. <laughs> Big Doug. Yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Um, like I'm just saying that it's, it's kind of, it, it. The pig's kind of charming. Everyone listening, tweet if you think this pig is charming or not. Oh my god. It's gonna be linked in the uh, show notes, and I will try to remember to retweet this on Saturday morning. But like, I, I just shared that I had seen the first back-to-back no-hitters since 1972 in professional baseball. Yeah. And and we're just talking pick content. That kills me. What are we doing out here? What are we doing? Because it's a pig, man. I'm going to get a lot of cutting room floor clips this week. <laughs> you bet you are. But the oh pig talk God. is staying in. We can't <laughs> lose pig talk. The pig talk stage. We only have in. 40 reviews to do. We're so screwed. <laughs> Why? Because um, we're 90 yeah. minutes in. Haven't started um, one review. Still have a bunch of other stuff to get to. And I'm yeah, hung up and on I pigs. cannot redirect you off the pigs. So I know I'm not going to be able to redirect you off of like baseball talk when we need to move on to another team. That's easy. I mean, the baseball talk isn't nearly as cute as these pigs are. I, I really did not expect to be hung up on the cuteness of pigs. Oh my god, it's not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Only base runner in the uh, one no hitter, the nine inning one. Terrence Gore, Squealon Musk. Which I, I, I mean, Terrence Gore is at some point going to have an indie ball career, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah right. Uh, contract purchase only one on the fifteenth. Uh, Zach Godley from Gastonia goes to the A's. Triple A guy now. Five and three with a four seventy nine ERA. 
71 in the third innings pitch, 86 Ks, 27 walks. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> no argument there. Um, uh, he's not going to blow you out of the water. I think it's the it's the strikeouts, man. Like, I hate to say it because I'm a pro not striking everybody out. Someone I just noted it in my episode today through seven innings uh, yesterday, I think on the frontier, and had no strikeouts for his vibe. Uh, but if we're honest, there's a lot of guys with ERAs that aren't eye-catching who are getting signed because they're striking out 10 or 11 guys for nine, and just mm-hmm. how it is now. If they think, you know, it's a fact. I mean, if you're striking out the many guys, you have a pitch, and they feel like they can probably either work on that pitch or, you know, if you're a mid, early, mid-30s, you know, arm like Godly is, that you can just eat some innings and get through some innings without causing too much trouble. Yeah, I mean, that definitely makes sense here. I'm tagging Will in that fun fact quote, by the way. Oh, there you go. He, he'll love um, Red Sox legends like that. He has not pitched yet in Triple we'll I think he's Friday's making his appearance. I saw. Had a really tough stint. Um, Have fun last in Las year. Vegas. Let's see. His last couple of trips did not go well. So it ain't gonna go well so. again because he's in Las Vegas. Well, we'll see. Maybe he'll get to stay there when the A's are there. Right? Wouldn't that be fun? Or terrible. Be. I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah. But I think they're telling him the rent, not buy. So we'll mm. see. True. Any case, uh, we're going to try to get this review in now. Uh, if we just wind up cutting right to like crystal ball and props, then <laughs> uh, that means you're going to hear the review next week. If uh, we don't do that, then uh, yeah, you're going to hear a review. So. Here's what I'm thinking. Because originally I was thinking like three minutes per. That is not going to happen now. That is just, no, that's So why don't we this say... Gonna a, this is going to be a speed run, I feel like. I, that's what I was going to say. I think like we try to keep between a minute to 90 seconds per team. Don't go too in-depth on it. But, you know, a general summary of their season so far. So everybody gets mentioned. This is only a midway recap. For two of the leagues, the midway point really only matters in the sense of one team's already locked in a playoff spot in each division. So yeah, we're going to start in the frontier. We're going to work our way through frontier to Atlantic, then Atlantic to American, then American to Pioneer. And then once we get through that, then we'll be done. So let's see if we can't manage to run through all of these before the next 30, next 45 minutes are up. Think that's realistic? Hell yeah. No, but we'll go for it. Good. We're on the same page. Uh, let's start it off. Gateway, first in the West, first overall. And I should mention before we really get going here, I wrote all these down on Monday and Tuesday, so 17 and 18. So that way they'd be ready for today. So some of this may be a little out of date, especially if it's coming on the 29th. Uh, but as of the 18th, it was pretty accurate. So it's made sense. If add in any addendums for something egregious, we'll be okay. Exactly. If you're hearing this a week late, we're going to have to record an intro to it anyway. So, hey, anyway, Gateway, 35 and 17, first in the West, first overall. Team can hit. Team is I pitching. Pete Zimmerman's a guy. Yeah. yeah um, I mean, honestly, the pitching is still better than the average. You know, it, it kind of pales in comparison to the offense. I think the bigger thing that does need to be looked at is um, the, the drop off in offense after that first like three week period. Yeah. Uh, where they were just unreal, just unconscious. Like they had team OPS over a thousand. Now it's down to eight seventy. It's a really long way to fall in just a couple of months, but also 
from where they were, it's pretty hard. I mean, they're still getting it done. They've had a couple losses recently, but I think they're Apple, pretty they're about to be swept by Rockland. Look, man, I mean, they're 11 up in the playoff race, so you got to give them a shot here. Yeah, 11 up in the playoff race. I, I don't think they're all fall apart that bad. So, like, then, I, here's what I'll say. Mike, we're going to talk about Gateway and Schaumburg and Evansville. So, like, for, the, for those three, I think the real question here is because I think it's pretty safe to say that they're playoff teams because, like, a team like Washington just went from the bottom to the top and Lake Erie and them basically switched. Once we start really getting to the bottom five teams in this West division, bottom six teams in this West division, eh, five. Uh, they're really kind of interchangeable for the most part. Yeah. I mean, uh, literally even by record, they're all within a game of each other. Uh, yeah, game. Yeah. For a second, I thought it was a half game. They were all tied for like the fourth or fifth spot. I know. Like, it was actually kind of great. Yeah, it wasn't great. Basically all the same team. Uh, mm-hmm. in any case, I think they're like T11, all of them. But any case, yeah. the question for those other three in this division, though, is can they do anything against the East? And like Gateway's getting pretty well handled by New York, a team that I think by all real metrics in the East is above average, but not quite a lock for the playoffs here. I mean, Quebec won tonight, so they're nine and one in their last 10. They're kind of proving that they are who they think they are. So that's mm-hmm. good for them. Rockland is only a half game out. And yeah, I'm going to keep calling them Rockland, not New York. That's what they are. I caught that. I was going to let it ride. Yeah. So, like, that's where they're at right now. Oh, God. I didn't realize the Myers were doing very poorly. Good thing we're not doing hot and not because they certainly be not with the two and eight and the L4 right now. But uh, when we, comp- we compared, like, the best in the West to, like, what you're going to see in the playoffs in the East. They're not really stacking up, so are they a team that can do it? Is the question. Yeah, um, and, and what I'm looking up on my end is how they've been doing against the East. I got Gateway at 14 and 12. I've got Schaumburg at 14 and 9 right now, and I've got Evansville at 15 and 9. Um, if you want to get even more into it, we can figure out like what it is when they're. If you take out those Empire State games, because again, that's kind of where we're at with them right now. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of adding that in shortly here, but. Yeah. Um, other than that, you know, not it's it is that's it. We're just kind of figuring out how they're going to stack up in the playoffs because that seems to be where things are heading here. Um, Schaumburg drops to eleven and nine when you take out their Empire State games when it comes to how they are against the East. And last but not least, Gateway. I know how alphabetical order works. I'm fine. <laughs> um, yeah, Gateway minus three, minus six. Ooh, Gateway is eight and twelve against the East. Without Empire State games. Not boating well. Not boating well. Nicely said. Yep. So let's swing over to Schaumburg. Uh, they are, and I can just use the screen here, 32 and 22 as of now. 6 and 4 in the last 10 as a recent snapshot. They are second in the West. I believe they are still third overall. Or did they drop? No, they have dropped a little bit. In fact, they are now fourth, I think, overall. So, still a solid team. They look to be a, you know, pretty above average team, I think, in most respects. Yeah. Um, it's a good team, not a team they want to face in the playoffs, obviously. Yeah, um, they've kind of proven that. I think they're on their way. Year. Yeah, I just think they're really going to have to figure out what they're <laughs> what they're going to do. I think this is one where... I guess everything gateway is within reach. So there's going to be the main contest is with that top spot. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it just, I'm trying to think how they 
I can't remember how they've done against each other. It's been forever since they played. Hmm. I think they they played back in like May against each other, and that's about it. I think. Yeah, to uh, make August interesting though. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, looks like Sean. Oh, yeah, they do play in late August against each other. That's gonna be fun. Ooh, but yeah, um, looks up. like three out of five went Gateway's way in that. All right, so so far, so pretty even. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes down the stretch. Otters, Evansville Otters. They are 31 and 24. Dude, that pitch is death row. I mean, it just, it's the pitching. Yeah. Because the offense is Not literally good. league average. They're scoring like 0.01 runs per game more than league average. So they're league average. Um, but yeah, man, they got a staff on them. And they've only gone through 14 pitchers this year, too. That's really consistent. Same. Um, yeah. So, which, and that's a good thing, one. And also, I mean, even. Basically, the closest you're finding that is about 18 pitchers used. So, just they basically 14 pitchers are basically one pitching staff, and they've just rolled them the whole time. So, it's good, you know, good sign as long as not working on the death, which they have not necessarily. I'm just getting like some very much like slightly more consistent 2022 vibes where it's like, okay, time to go lose to Schaumburg in the wild card again. Yeah, that worries me. Uh, the amount of work they actually looking at a little closer, the amount of work they are putting on that bullpen is crazy. Uh, how about this? So, ready for the bullpen ERAs for the squad? Okay. Um, guys that have uh, zero starts, everyone else is like a legit starter, and we'll say more than like five innings. That's a 2 3 5, a 3 5 8, a 2 5 9, a 1 9 6, a 3 3 2, a 1 5 3, and a 1 8 8. Okay. <laughs> what? Okay. What? That, is, that is one way to go about that. Yeah. I feel you. I feel uh, you, Evansville. Uh, me thinks that'll work, but I, uh, I guess right. that there is something that worries you a little bit. I think it's the fact that um, they've got 22 outings apiece on John Boehmer, uh Kevin Davis, and Leone De La Cruz. Those are three keys, and that you know they've covered 23, 24, 30 innings. Bamer is up there on innings for sure, but you know it's tough for these guys because I, I, we don't necessarily know how many bolts they got in that gun, but yeah. it is a lot. I mean, that's on pace for already going into playoffs, having thrown 60 innings plus as a reliever in not that long. Uh, you know, it's something to watch. Definitely. So, uh, moving on, the Windy City Thunderbolts now fifth in the West, 24 and 31. The uh, the start of mediocrity in the West. Uh, I'm trying to come up with some positives here. The pitching solid. Yeah, pitching's not bad. They're prone to a blow-up, but I think if we took the blow-ups out, they're probably an above-average pitching staff. I mean, so, if we I took mean, the blow-outs yeah. out, then... Isn't that uh, nice? Every... Yeah. 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 I mean, if you take the blow-ups out. But, like, realistically, if you took out, like, the bottom few games, I think they're probably doing okay. They've had a couple games where you're like, damn, that got out of hand. <laughs> but, but if we um, take the blow-outs do... out for them, we could say the same thing about if we take the blow-outs out for Empire State. Okay, fine. But, like, those games where it's like, oh, wow, like, home, you gave up, like, 10 runs in two innings, like, that kind of thing. The lost Empire State. That's my thing. On the average day, I think they do show up as an above-average pitching staff. They nearly lost Empire State yesterday, too. I'm not saying they're good. (laughs) Their offense is not getting it done. Um, But they've had one stretch where they could remember that stretch right before the all-star break where we talked about how they really need that Monday to get the rest and they yeah. didn't that stretch. They give up so many runs, but if you take those out, I think there's no question they're an above average pitching staff. 
Um, on a, so that's what I'm saying. On a typical day, I think they're above average pitching staff. Um, I however, just, I just think that's kind not of enough to get it done. And I don't think it's they're going to. I think they're too far removed to you know do what they need to do to actually get it done. Is my point. Fair, fair. I just don't think they're overall a good team. I don't think they. Oh, I agree. Uh, the offense is just not doing enough. Plus, like when you yeah. have a poor hitting team, at least normally you're stealing bases. They're not even really doing that. I mean, they're at like what fifty on the year, so it's not great. Uh, pitching wise, like I see what you're saying, but they also have like a one and a half whip. So like, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at, again. There's this that really bad stretch, but I am looking at the fact that since the All Star break, they played four games and given up seven runs. So like that, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like even with the two Empire State games just mentioned, they lost five two and won one nothing. Like it's the offense. It, let's make it clear. This is <laughs> we know where the problem yeah, lies. But also, some Sussex has also not played well, and so they played two games in Sussex against a team not playing very good, and they've also Can't played playing like butt. Yeah, and they've also played Empire State here. So like, let's readjust. Agreed. I agree with that. Um, but I will say, again, before that ugly stretch, they were doing well. They were, for the most part, giving up less than five runs per game. So I will give them leeway that their pitching could improve. Will it improve so much that with that offense, they can make up that deficit and carry themselves, what, seven games up the standings to make a playoff berth? I don't think so. Okay. Well, thank you. Let's talk about Florence. Let's go. That's a trash fire. Exactly. So uh, Florence is now. Oh, they've fallen down bad. Uh, they're sixth in the I West, know. twenty-four and thirty-seven. Luckily, they're not riding an eleven-game L streak anymore. They beat up on Washington a little bit. There was a little yeah, bit of a fun team. back and forth on Twitter, though. So that was worth it. And, Gee, I was like, calm down, get a concept, y'all. I know, really, it's kind of cool, <laughs> y'all. But yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, any case, uh, nothing's going right here. I think that's kind of fair to say. Mm-mm. No. Um, yeah. I mean, what can you say? I mean, they're well below average at this point. I think. I'm. I mean, they they had a good start at some point. I'm trying to even think where it went. Really bad. I'm just looking up their schedule again. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but like, it, I remember in the beginning of the year, we're like, okay, I might be on something here, and it just went so sideways so fast. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know what? They got pumped pretty bad the first series by Gateway. They got like 24 and two games. But then they held Joliet to like nine and three games and, you know, played okay against some other teams, held Washington to 11 and three. But then they, it was right around late May. Just something seemed to break. <laughs> know what? They, yeah. I think they gave up 20 in a game in New Jersey and then it kind of did fall off the rails. I was about to say, like, the Jackals broke them, right? Like, they, they did the Gateway too. What the hell is with that, that team? Like, that's the thing that happened. Like, yeah, well, I mean, see, they they start seeing people and they get all like cagey, but um, <laughs> but like I just like how the y'alls just completely punk the jackals the one game, the jackals return the favor the next, and the y'alls have never been the same since. They got scared straight programmed. They had like one great game right after that, but I think it was like a starting pitching performance. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like they didn't need to dip into the bullpen that next one. Mm. Um, they got they a five one win against Schaumburg, and then it just the consistency kind of faded after that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Moving on, Joliet seventh in the West. Uh, mm. Another kind of tough scene. I guess they're 
kind of Windy City-esque in the sense that they're slightly worse version of them, which is not really a thing you ever really want to be heard said about you. Uh, their whip is better, but their ERA is slightly worse. They uh, hit more home runs, but they also scored fewer runs. They generally across the board hit worse. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, they steal more bases, when it comes though. to it. True. Um, so that's fun. Yeah. I just think it's the same thing as last year, it feels like, right? Where yeah. the pitching is down um, or is up. Like the the hitting is Cole down. Cook is up, um, and yeah, they're they're like a run plus worse than league average, which is about where they were last year. But it's just I think the pitching last year was almost a run, maybe even more than a run, better than league average. Yeah, more than a run than better than league average. And this year they're just like half a run, less than half a run. And I think that's a lot of difference. Like they do lose a lot of close games. And I feel like every time I see them, they're traveling like five, three or something. You're like, damn dude, <laughs> like it's a tough one. And I mean, maybe it's in my head. Maybe it's just what sticks out while I'm doing recaps. But yeah. um, I feel like I'm never talking about Juliet just getting just peed off on by anybody, but they're just not there. And really enough, they lose games. I don't even feel like they're really making other teams sweat during. They don't feel I've watched a few of the games. Don't feel there's not that energy going late into a game. We're like, Oh yeah, this team could this team watch out. They could do something. Just not there. So, in other words, it just it feels like they're box score darling kind of team where it's just like they're they're just they're almost there, but it's like when you're watching them, it's more like, eh, you know, they're not yeah. really there. Like they lost six in a row before the like to start July. One was real bad against Evansville. The other one was bad against Schaumburg. The rest of them were like four one five one six three six three. Like. That's just how they lose games. <laughs> they lost tonight four to two. They won yesterday one to nothing. Like, all right. Lost nine to seven, lost by two. So again, like let's look at their losses recently. Lost by two, lost by two, lost by two, lost by three, lost by three, lost by four, and then they had a big loss. Three. Like for the most part, they lose by one, two runs. And then mm. just it, it just that's it. They just don't quite have enough. And, and I think that's you know, the challenge of you know, you have a team that comes close to getting it done like they threatened last year, and then you try to make some moves to, to get across the line, and if they go a little bit backwards, all of a sudden, you know, it's a thin line between just missing the playoffs and being uncompetitive. Fair. Fair. Uh, Lake Erie, let's switch over to them. Last in the West, even though they're kind of tied with Florence and Joliet, so, I mean, and a half game off of uh, Windy City and a game off of Washington, so, I mean... That's not really saying much. Uh, yeah, uh, another team that doesn't hit really good. They pitch no, well, though. It's so bad. Yeah, I mean, they're getting out hit by Empire State. Let's make it clear. Like, <laughs> it's just, you know, what what are we supposed to do with it? I don't, I don't really know. know. But Angelo Baez is doing good, though. Angelo Baez is doing really right. good. Right, yes. If we're talking silver linings, absolutely. I'm about it. Um, I mean, again, talk about a team that is the same team as last year, really. Um you know, they were the second worst in the league last year. They were worse than the league this year. I mean, their offense is, I think, I would say almost significantly worse even than they were last year, and they were second worst in the league. Um, I think the pitching, I feel like, is better. It could be in my head, though. Mm. But it's just the offense, man. It's just not there. Like, 
another team, like how are you going to win games without a functioning offense? I don't know what the goal is, but it's just, um, I don't see any light at the end of that tunnel. Um, yeah, I yeah. mean, honestly, the the Pythagorean on them is <laughs> worse than their current record. So, uh, yeah, a team that I thought, you know, they needed some things to go right, but they had a shot, and it's just like there's just, you know, it's a not even an interesting team to watch lose, which sounds super mean, but like there are yeah. teams out there where like, oh, I gotta catch this one. No, I'm okay. Fair enough. Uh, last team in the West, the Washington Wild Things. A 25-win ball club. Uh, they bat all right. They can't pitch really good. So uh, that's that's holding them back. Yeah, I do think they're a better team than this. They, they had that weird slide in the middle of the year. That was really rough. Um, trying to figure out, kind of get a concept of where their records have been on either end of that right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, where are they hanging? They're a little over league average scoring wise. Um, it's just, again, pitching. They're, yeah, just worse. It, they're another one of those teams where they don't really strike me as like, oh, this team. Ugh. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just not there, man. Um, there's too many things that need to start going right for them. But I don't think they're as bad as they look. I wouldn't be surprised if they finish this in like a middle ground between sort of the trailing pack and the leaders. Um, I think that's kind of where they fit. Um, maybe a few games closer to 500 even, but mm. I just don't see them you know, rolling through here or changing anything so much that they try to compete. Fair. That's fair. I just, they feel like they're kind of in a death spiral all year. Just nothing really getting going. Yeah, I feel like almost at all times they're they're fighting with it to prevent a death spiral. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely they, does. They're just on the edge a little bit. Um I don't know if that makes sense or not, but that's the vibe I, I continuously seem to get watching them. I mean, they had the hot start, and then ever since then, it's been like a lengthy six-game losing streak and then like trading wins and losses, uh, two-game, three-game losing streak. Like They're always feeling like they're on the verge. Like They need a stopper game like once a week, it feels like, to keep things from getting out of hand. It's just mm. like, oof. Yeah, so... Just they're so getting them, though, for the most part. So, hey, hey, hey. So, yeah. relax. Yeah. Little miracles. So, just as an aside, real quick, I looked up yep. Santiago Torino because I wanted to see what he was doing for Lake Erie this year because he's been hurt oh, yeah. on and off. Not really doing too much, more of the coach at the player coach role, although he does have a home run. Uh, so, first off, it's going to be interesting when he gets inducted into the Hall of Fame for the Frontier League because Normal's not yeah. around anymore. So, I'm going to assume it'll either be New Jersey or Lake Erie doing something for him. A, hmm. so that's, that's part of it. B, Outside of like the two years he was an affiliate, uh, more, slightly more than two years, I guess you can call call it four if you want to be generous and count like the uh, rookie ball and shit like that. But outside of that, he's only played five games outside the Frontier League in his career, and that's with Southern hmm. Maryland, and he hit nearly four hundred. So there's Bad. that, yeah, and that was like in 2022, so last year. So just kind of. Funny how that works out. Uh, and then lastly, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, looking at his baseball reference page real quick, mm-hmm. I see he was in Myrtle Beach in 2011 2012. I am nearly a hundred percent certain I have a Myrtle Beach Pelican Santiago Chirino card. I remember him playing there. I used yeah. to see a lot of those blue rock teams even before I worked there. Yeah, definitely remember it. I am like nearly a hundred percent certain I have that card. Any case, hey. 
Always room for it. Exactly. So let's just jump into the east part of the Frontier League. Once we get to the Frontier League, then we'll be able to kind of fly through this. But they're just... Uh, yeah, I know. I'm always <laughs> impressed by how long the Frontier League takes. Exactly. So Which throws back to our earlier conversation about big league versus small league. But never yeah, mind that. True. New Jersey. They are winning a lot of games. 35 and 19. They are first in the east. I believe they are still... Oh, well, they're tied for first overall in the league. Uh, pretty much a team that can crush the ball and they give up some runs too, but they can outscore their problems pretty effectively. And they have gotten better as of late pitching. Dude, their pitching is much better. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I mean, they were just out shooting teams for a while. Like that was how they're getting it done. But that really corrected them was one of the fastest corrections I've seen in a while. Like I was like, Oh, PJ's really doing the Lexington legends thing again. Got it. But like they've had a couple sketch games, like what they just they got you know, Florence put up nine on them the other day. Yeah. Um, you know, New York put up seven on them in seven innings, but then they shut them out right after that. Like it's it's kinda weird. But they were up at like nine runs per game, I think a month into the year, and now they're down like five, five and a half. Mm. So yeah, man. That's you know, that's fine. That's about league average, which is weird to think about. Which also I like how we're doing New Jersey the favor of not matching their mound issue too. Bro, I'm so tired of talking mounds after last year, but yeah, get rid of the turf mounds. Trash. Speaking of shitty turf mounds, JJ Hoover's doing Pokemon reviews now. So love JJ Hoover, man. Hey, I'll go to work for JJ Hoover doing that. I, I like that. I support it. I See just, you, man. Uh, there was one tweet, or either one tweet or one uh, Instagram post he made, where it's like, "I got a Bible study about Pokemon cards," and I don't know why, but that just seemed like wholesome JJ as hell. Hoover is all hell, bro. Yeah, that sounds about right. I just like that's just like so on brand. <laughs> Another dude who I have a Myrtle Beach Pelican card for. I'm racking these. Oh things yeah, up. yeah. Jesus. Yeah, that's amazing. Actually, remind me. Yeah, that makes sense. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, if you remind me, I'll dig through like all the cards I have, and when I find it, I'll send you a picture of it. Hell yeah, I'm about that life. All right. Yeah. Any case, uh, Tri City. This is a team that has gotten significantly better. 34 and 22. They are doing pretty damn good. They seem to be fixing the mistakes of years past. A team, again, not the strongest pitching team, but they can hit a little bit, so that's good for them. Yeah, um, I definitely think teams like Tri-City and Quebec are going to be, I think they're putting the, the, well, I guess it's an obvious statement, realistically. But I just think Jersey's in a lot more danger than Gateway is, and not because they're not as good a team, I think. The teams behind Jersey are not only close, but they're also getting hot. I just think that's and they're that's overall better over race in that division. Yeah, it really. I mean, Tri City's uh, offense is putting up the numbers now. Uh, the pitching has come down to about league average, which is fine. It'll work if you got an offense clipping like that. So, yeah, I think they're. I mean, I would if I had to predict, I'd probably put Tri City in the playoffs from here. I I'm just kind of afraid of doing that. So. Uh, hmm. Yeah, but I wouldn't be shocked to see them there. But like, it's just I'm always a little bit afraid to do that. I plus I think their uh, best pitcher. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Raymond. Oh, uh, starts with a G. I can never pronounce it right. Guyman yeah. uh, or Guyman? Uh, I think you talked in uh, Goodwan. That's it. I couldn't remember his last name. I know it started with a J though or G though. So. I believe he just left for personal reasons. So he's on the inactive list. So I don't know how that, how long that's going to last. 
So that could be a problem, but yeah, yeah. Although they did get Oscar Campos back, who launched a bomb in his first at bat back from Triple uh, A. Yeah, man, saw that. So that's a that's a solid addition there. So good for them. Any case, uh, hottest team arguably in all of indie ball right now in the Quebec Capitals, third in the East. They are on a nine-game heater at the moment. Nine and one. Uh, they are proving that they are a ball club. They're beating up on Sussex this week after beating up on Rockland last week. Uh, they are a team that is a solid pitching team, I'd say, you know, around above average to average. Um, batting wise, you'd like to see a little bit more out of them, but they're getting to where they need to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have confidence in that pitching continuing to come through. I, I feel like they'll probably be a top three uh, pitching staff at the end of the season. I, I just, I don't know. I, they look solid. They look like it's coming together. They're one that's, um, you see teams at this point, especially in any ball, like starting to really strain to keep, you know, piecing the other nine innings of pitching. Mm. And I just don't see them having many of those games right now. And I think that should continue. Um, and yeah, the offense, man, it's good. It's like sneaky good, right? Like, yeah. Um, there's kind of a tier where it's like Jersey and Great Way and Tri City are kind of up there, and then it's like the Boulders, and I'd say like maybe a little gap, and then I'd put Quebec right up there too. Like looking at like the runs per game, it checks out with that. But like, um, I feel yeah, I, they just find ways to score runs right now, and it's all coming together. Yeah, man, it's Quebec, yeah. dangerous as hell. Uh, best way to describe it. Uh, on to New York, they are fourth in the East. They are 32 and 22. They are starting to figure it out a little bit. They have beat up on, uh, I believe, is Gateway as the latest victim there. Uh, they can hit. That's always the case. Ballpark calls for that. Pitching's kind of so-so, but again, ballpark doesn't help with that. The 1-6 whip doesn't do them any favors either, so that's something that's got to get addressed. Yeah. Um Better than three rivers, though. Yeah, they just can't find a good solution, bro. Like they've been, they make so many transactions for that pitching staff. Like, mm. I mean, they're oh, let me say, yeah, twenty three pitchers they've used this year. Like, is uh, I don't know. Like that worries me. I don't think that's sustainable. Like, I don't have a lot of confidence in that moving forward. Um, they pieced it together to a five. Yeah, I, no, I just I can't really see it working. <laughs> yeah. There's so many bad vibes when it comes to that pitching. They staff. need to hang around is what they need to do. If they could just kind of like hang around, I think maybe they could take advantage of some teams like on good streak pretty much because they're only three games out of first place. That's the thing mm-hmm. too. So like they're far from out of even being in the first place conversation. It's just New Jersey seems like a really tough team to beat because they are a really tough team to beat. But I think if they hang around and someone else has a bad week when they have an average week, that could be what they need. Yeah, agreed. Um, the schedule's not easy for them, though, man. Like, what, they go finish this gateway series, which they're, you know, they're getting it done. Um, the pitching is holding up great, by the way. One run, two inning in two games. So what do I know? Um, they also, yeah, I mean, what do I know? So maybe they're going to be fine. But then they got Tri-City, Sussex, Evansville, um, then they go on Canada stretch, but don't play Quebec. Good deal for them. Mm. Um, yeah, man, that, they are the ones who close Tri-City, Quebec, New Jersey. That's not so easy. So they are going to want to cash in before that. Fair. Very fair. 
Uh, Sussex County. This is a team that is struggling as of late, 29 and 24. Four-game losing streak is not what you need to see. This is a team that really was pitching well for a large chunk of the year. Still is not a bad pitching team, but the the offense is just not there, and it is really hurting this team, especially now. Yeah, I really dried up on them. Um, I mean, it looked really promising, like kind of in a way where you felt like it would come together in the beginning, but it just hasn't really happened. It's Big so weird. 2022 um, vibes. Yeah, and they're having like weird stuff. Like I think last weekend I saw they had a um, – I went back and checked it, and it, I don't know. It, it was a weird one, but it seemed, it sounds like, and it seemed like it was one of those ones where, like, a lineup card miscue happened. Yeah. And, like, that's always a weird indicator. You're like, is everything okay in there, guys? But I, I hear the vibes are good. I don't know. It's just, um, I mean, if you look at it, even when they were winning early, I mean, what, they won six out of their first seven, and, you know, the first, well, the first five games, they went four and one and scored five, 11, 13 runs in those five games. Like, so I guess it's in my head. I guess I kind of figured the offense was coming along. Like, they showed pops. Like, after that, they scored nine one game and 10 the other. Then, like, they, they looked good. They, they had moments early. That's what I'm trying to say. They had moments early, yeah. and it just really hasn't come together. They're scoring, like, one big offensive game a week right now. It's just not going to do it for you in the frontier. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, going over to Ottawa. This is a team 27 and 29. Uh, pretty much a 500 club. Average hitting. Average pitching. Mm. Average club. Yeah, essentially. Their record's 27-27. The Pythagorean win loss for them is 27-27. So, yeah. I mean, they are what they are. Um, yeah, not really much else to say about that. What? Yeah. Their offense is a half. Their offense is point zero five runs better than league average. Their pitching is point one worse than league average. So this is <laughs> that's a how team, you end up five hundred. This is a team that really wishes they were in the West. Right, that's a really good point. Because yeah, if they were really in the point. West, they would be a playoff team, and I don't think it'd be particularly close. Like here's the here's an interesting question for you. And I, because you're a numbers guy, so you'll probably have a numbers answer to this as oh, opposed God. to a vibes answer to this. Uh, if Ottawa was in the West, would we be looking at them in the same way we look at like Schaumburg and Gateway? Hmm. Not Schaumburg, Gateway, Schaumburg, Evansville. Is that what you mean? No, no, I mean Gateway, Schaumburg. Mm, see, I would, I think. Hmm. <laughs> that's a tough one because think I, of all the mediocrity that's over there windy city mm-hmm. florence joliet yeah you know washington for long stretches like that those are teams you can beat up on and ottawa really only has like three rivers in empire state which will take approximately 30 seconds to get through each of them on uh in a second but like that's the only relaxing games they have everybody else is you know it's a cruel and scary world for them I mean, I will point out they've played only three games against Empire State, but they did kick the P out of them in two of the three. So um, go. Well, honestly, no, they didn't. No, they really didn't. Even then, they didn't. So, oh, man. I mean, look, they got run down by Gateway when they played them. Um, what, 16-6, 12-2, and then they finally won one 6-4. I, I do think they would probably be sitting on or right behind Evansville in the West. So they at least be in, you know, in the race more so than they are now. 
Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know they put him up at that Evansville level, but I'm not really impressed by Evansville. That was a tough one. Anyway, so give me five seconds to think on that. Hold on, give me like let me really imagine that for a second. Uh, I just Evansville's pitching is so good. I think they're worse than Evansville by a couple games, maybe. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right, but right in the same range. Right in the same range. I'll put them at 29 wins if they're in the West right now. Okay. Uh, Three Rivers, not good. That's what their record is, not not good. The vibes are terrible right now. 15 games out of 500, so the vibes are pretty terrible. I know. It's so not good. Um, I mean, they give up a bunch of runs, man. And frankly, you know, they don't score that many they don't score enough to be doing that <laughs> that's for sure um uh, oh, yeah what is there to say on that i i want them to do well i like i find that whole organization kind of like quaint and fun which yeah. isn't an, it was just necessarily a complimentary way to maybe refer to it but i want them to do well and it is frustrating uh to see what this is which is like long stretches of losing too like they really get rolled up on for like a week at a time man yeah it just yeah. when it rains, it pours for them. Yeah, you're right. And they just lost their second row to Washington. They have Schaumburg next. That looks like to me a potential for a six game losing streak before they finally play Empire State again. Ooh. Oh god, when it rains. Ooh, they it lost pours. two out of three too, by the way. And they split oh. the next one. So they have a losing record against Empire State. So <laughs> maybe just maybe uh wear a helmet for that one, boys. Oh god, this is gonna get bad. Speaking of Empire State. 11 and 44, worst team in the league. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. not the worst batting team in the league. Uh, no, but they man. they are not a good pitching team at all. Yeah, but I mean, they're like already twice as many wins as last season, basically. So look, getting it done. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just, that's what's in the mix, right? Like, you're going to not have a great offense because of essentially taking leftovers and whatever is like past. So guys who are released from other teams and guys who are passed up from the Empire League, which is, by the way, not a good offensive league this year. Um, the pitching was always going to be an issue for this team. It's just so hard to get pitching anyway without being on a bus all damn year, which logistically it's hard to get pitching and just resource-wise it's hard to get pitching and convincing guys it's tough to get them. Like they'd rather you can pitch on a video and get that sent out rather than you know, still on a bus for Empire State. At least that's how a lot of guys feel. So mm. it's just, yeah, it's never going to be a good situation. And uh, we're seeing that. I mean, they're doing what they can, but, I mean, it's a tough scene. Yep. Trying, it definitely is. I think what else is there? Mm. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that stands out. I mean, not Nothing really. necessarily. I don't see any. Like, there's, there's not much else you can really say. It's just uh, they lead the league in home runs allowed. And they are built with pack hitting home runs. Oh, you know. right. How about that for the boys? Yeah. Right, good for them. We finally got out of the Frontier League, though. So we're going to keep uh, yeah, it moving. My bad. Because, yeah, we'll uh, up a little bit. Yeah, because I got to get up in seven hours and I'm dead tired. So we're going to keep this moving. Yep. I'm getting up in about four and a half. I'm with you, bro. We're so screwed. Oh, yeah. No, everything's done. Like, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. You're at the point where I think you may just be better off saying screwing sleep and just mm-hmm. uh, yeah. sleeping on company time. I think that's a good life yep. decision for you. Any case, Gastonia uh, did not win the first half as we covered last week. They're a team that, uh, you know, they can hit for power. They can hit. Pitching has been so-so. They've been decimated roster-wise. 
through a variety of transactions. Um, they also may be cash strapped. We don't know that though, uh, but it mm-hmm. certainly kind of looks that way. So, yeah, their playoff positioning should still be safe, hopefully. Uh, yeah, we but, talked about that last week. I think you it was off, you know, off the air, but we talked about it. I mean, what they, yeah. um, it, I mentioned I I have concern for them. You were like, nah, man, like they're too far gone. But it was I it was funny. I saw something in the things that triggered that in my head when we talked about it, or like when I texted you about it. Yeah, and then I couldn't remember what the hell it was. And it was the situation I texted you about at some ungodly hour this morning. It's that the the danger for them is Lancaster is hot. They're a second half team and they're already eight and two in the north. So if they win, York is on their on them. Like they're what, two and a half, three behind now? Like what how far is York back? Of course. Well yeah, Gastonia's keeping pace with York though. Get your standings right. Like oh, God, how yeah, your standings sucks. not reflect it. Like what are you doing? Sorry, it bothers me so much. I Plus, if you click wild card, right. Long Island still shows up in the wild card race. Yeah, I, like I think it automatically was like, oh, this is the team. Like the, it's coded in to pull a team, and for whatever reason, with the tiebreaker, it didn't pull the right team. Idiots. Anyway, not the people, just whatever. Number four. Neither here nor there. Frontiers uh, three, York, Atlantic League's four people. York is four games off of Gastonia right now. Um, York seems hotter than Gastonia. Well, they're the same, I mean, pretty much. Yeah, you're right. Struggled toward the end. Got some wins to start. Yeah, you're right. I mean, six and three versus six and two. Um, yeah, man. It's just there's a vulnerability there. I, I think Gastonia probably is on pace to pull it out. I'm confident in that. But, bro, like, I don't know. That's it sucks to lose that like that. And luckily, you know, I know York's dealing with it too. But it sucks for them to lose out on that kind of uh first half you know clinch now you have to climb the mountain yeah well that's that's and also they have like 11 position players or something silly and like that's after they were just like straight traded for players to be named later just tossed three of them so or two position players so that's because you know that's the stuff that gets the side eye yeah so uh speaking of team that did win the south though high point they're doing better though they're doing pretty solid uh, they can the pitch, they can hit, they can do it all. They're a very good team. Yeah. Um, I, what, I just mentioned it in my... Uh, duh, duh, duh. <laughs> I just mentioned it in the video I did today, so who knows if that's out. Uh, everyone I mentioned will no longer be on the roster with him as heirs. Yeah. But um, and, like, it was in a loss, but they threw like Mickey Janice, they threw Rhodes, Garrieri, Ross. Like I think the worst ERA in their pitching staff was like, for low three. They had a couple ones in there, like... In, in one game, that's what they were facing. Like, that's a good team. It's a really sneaky, complete team right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That, it's a yeah. team that it just doesn't really have many faults. I mean, you saw the way they ran down Gastonia. That mm. uh, it's a team that can fight, it's a team that can win. It's a team that I think kind of remembers last year and is saying not again and is making a point of it. And they're showing that they're they're a different team. Yeah, I got a crazy number for you now. Actually, in the Atlantic League, I mean, they're burning pitchers, right? But um, they've used 30 different people from pitches for high points so far. They've had 17 different starters in 72 games. Hmm. Crazy. But, like, again, but I think that's a symptom of what they've been doing. I think they've been just solidly improving throughout the whole season. Um, And we're seeing it now. But, yeah, it's crazy. That's a hell of a number. Absolutely. So. 
Uh, Lexington. Thoughts on Lexington? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Garbo pitching, but, you know. Yeah, pretty much. Um, let's see. I'm trying to collect my thoughts on Lexington. I haven't honestly seen them play a game in a minute. They just, because they weren't in that uh, first half race, I kind of was fading other games. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean. Very milk toast team. I don't think they're even as good as their record, which yeah. is bad. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I'm most cautious because people are like, oh, you still like Lexington. Really? I'm past that. The people I didn't like in Lexington are gone now. Um, yeah. But the, um, it, I just don't see it. I don't think it's a good team. I think they got pretty lucky with playing a fairly soft first half schedule. And I think they might get cooked in the second half. Like I, I could see them going through the second half and winning. Uh, like they, they, they have the thing of they beat a lot. That's right. I tweeted out. They had a, a killer record against teams below 500. Unfortunately, they play like 24 games or something crazy against the 500 teams in the division. And they're just, I think like they're on pace to get murked. And you see a one and eight start here. Like, yeah. yep, that checks. Like, sorry. Yeah. Just not it. They're not really an exciting team and they don't really yeah. do anything great. So no. when you're doing everything passable, it catches up. Yeah. I mean, watch them take two out of three against Staten Island coming up. That's Staten but Island. I assume Lancaster might be about to finish them for a second straight sweep if they got punked by high point too. Fair. Fair. Uh, Spire City. Yep. Um, Hit decent I mean, and can't pitch. Yeah. Yeah, about right. Looking up. I mean, that's one where I wouldn't be surprised if they did something weird. Like, I don't know. Um, I just don't think in that division there's enough room to do something weird. I know. And I keep, I can't pull it out of my head that Mark managed the Charleston team two years back into a playoff. Um, so that's why I kind of am like toying with the idea. But also, I just don't really, I think the two teams above them, while they are not very far above them right now in the second half standings, I, I think they're probably too much to handle and catch. And, and I think. Yeah, I just don't think it's it's as complete a team as it needs to be for that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Charleston, yeah. though, uh, they are the last team in the South that we're going to cover. Uh, not really good. They they can nope. they pitch all right. They pitch all right. But I kind of tracked that yeah. up to Danny Rachansky kind of carrying that staff. Um, right. The rest of it is just, just has nothing really here. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, the projection said the offense was going to be bad. It is bad. Um, beyond that, it, you know, yeah, there's uh, really nothing else. I should also it say just, Testa and Bacon also work good for Charleston. They have three yeah. pitchers. They they can pitch, but they, it's very true. Yeah. They can the bullpen's a, a bit of an issue. We'll yeah. say uh, the back end rotation's a problem. Even though you know they have some guys with some potential there, I think the main issue is just we knew they weren't going to hit and they, in order to get wins in this league, they're going to need a complete pitching staff and they're just missing a couple pieces to make that happen. It's a good pitching staff, but I think mm. there's just a couple that they need to figure out. So out of curiosity here, because we're going to talk okay. about Long Island in a second. And even yep. York kind of fits this mold. Both of them are not very good pitching teams. If you're either one of them, are you interested in like a chance to come in and try and strengthen your rotation? Um, I mean, of course, I'm trying to think what they would need to, 
I mean, it would probably be a player to be named later type of deal. Yeah, um, that's what I'm thinking. That or like uh, even like I, th- I almost like it like the American Association. If you'd fit over there, I understand roster things, but like you flip him over to there, maybe he fits a little bit better in there, and you could send a younger guy back that can kind of keep expenses lower. Yeah. Are you aware of where Wachanski's from? Uh, I believe he is from New York. Yep, went to school in New York City. Yeah, uh, so I feels like I was going to say feels guy. like a duck. Fair, fair. That is fair, but he also yeah, doesn't have major league service time, so that kind of excludes him. The Ducks kind of have that um, that tendency to make that weird late trade that everybody wonders why that's legal. Their big move is you can trade to replace a guy even after the trade deadline if it's like replacing an injury or like some other circumstance, and they tend to find those circumstances, but. It's um, always in a weird way. Like so they, they go Trayvon ahead Robinson and they shoot the one of their players. Yeah, like I think they got Robinson and Boog Pal the one time. And it was off of like like an outfielder got injured. And they ended up, it was something where it was like a, a, a part-time outfielder who had like okay numbers, not great, not good yeah. even. And then they signed like an all-star outfielder full-time outfielder off another team on a trade and everyone's like oh, what <laughs> excuse me yeah any case i guess we'll just talk about long island then we'll swing back to new york to york uh long island first half winner uh they kind of got hotter as it got along crossed the finish line and then said we're done and yep, have set down sure. pretty much since can't pitch all that great but they can hit so that's good for them yeah they're uh, the encouraging thing I'd say is they really showed what they can do when they need to. Uh, and we learned, I mean, I used to worry like, Oh, but can they turn on? And we saw with the legends in 2021. Um, I mean, when they were up against it and needed wins, they really just went 14, three, 12, four, 15, one, four, one, seven, two against teams that were playoff teams last year. Yeah. So that happened. Um, I mean, yeah, I think they also probably spent the, the the pitching staff a bit trying to get all that done, and I'm not surprised they checked out. That's why you win the first half, man. Yeah, you can check out if you need to. You can rest the guys. You can throw some randos. Yeah, yeah, you go all they'll in, and if you hit on all in, then it doesn't really matter. Uh, I think they'll be fine. I think this Ducks yeah. team has been building for that championship run. I I think they're going to be a huge issue in the playoffs. Yep. So fun thing to note: I'm looking at everybody here in the uh, North. None of them can pitch. Really, mm-hmm. uh, we're talking yeah. about York here, who at least can hit, but um, yeah, they I just not seeing the pitching here. I do think York's a playoff team, but yeah, yeah. How weird is it seeing Southern Maryland struggle on the mound? It is weird, really weird. I know we're not there yet, but still, yeah. just jumps out to me every time. But, uh, yeah, any thoughts on York quickly, dude? Oh. Daryl Thompson, oh, not Daryl Thompson. Sorry, I was looking yeah, at Joe Thompson's previous thing, so we can scratch that. Yeah. Uh, York, I, I mean, they're a really good team. I, I was impressed by them. I was surprised to see them lose that, but that's also why I think they could threaten Gastonians because I was just really impressed every time I've seen them. They look really good. Yeah, no, they definitely look like a solid overall team there, and they're starting to find their groove. So uh, that yep. will definitely help them. Uh, Southern Maryland, we were just mentioning them. Uh, they are an odd struggler on the mound. Mm-hmm. Them not being able to really hit is nothing new, although they do have some power, uh, but not that much. Uh, yeah, they're just, they seem like same old Southern Maryland to me, only with worse pitching. I don't see them saving this. Um, yeah, I think 
uh, most years you're at least like, well, that pitching staff is such a problem. They can put together a few good games and the, you know, when she had the seventh inning, good luck. Yeah, I just don't see it. It's just not there. Daryl Thompson hasn't pitched in three weeks since he hurt his lower leg. We haven't gotten much update on that. Um, I don't see this turning around for them. I just don't think it's the mix. Maybe I'm not saying they're so far gone. They won't do it next year, but this does not feel like it. Yeah. It feels like end of the line. They never, they only improved their offense with Casey Hobson and they, Totally. On being able to rebuild and they did by the way they rebuilt a really good pitching staff but then they had guys get signed and that's what happens and yeah. now it's a, and an injury and now we're in trouble yeah. lancaster oh, yeah. lancaster is uh, up next uh these barnstormers they're so good dude they're such a good second half second team. Half. hilarious we yeah. said it we said it was gonna be we're not surprised yeah it's still just surprising to see though because it's like you're just such trash in the first half and then you turn it on like what, what are we doing here they know they, you know, they know when they need to be good. They know, you know, what they have to do. I mean, to be fair, they haven't, you know, they played Spire City, Lexington, and Long Island. Who Long Island wasn't really in it that first series. Um, so you know, we'll see what happens. We're playing York next week, and there's already some trash talk on socials on that one. But yeah, they got York and High Point coming up. So by the time this airs, I think on literally that seat that ends on the 27th. So we'll have a very clear idea by the 28th. Uh, what's going on with that? Yeah, the next the next episode after this one will uh, will be a fun one to discuss that series. Yeah, would have been. Right. Oh yeah, that would have been a it's the series to watch uh, this week certainly. Yep. But uh, we're too busy doing all these previews. Uh, Staten Island's up yeah. next. Uh, can't yeah. pitch, can't hit. Nope, not a good team. Um, <laughs> I, I still say better than last year. I still say give Homer Bush another go. Yeah, but I. Yeah, it's not. A, I mean, I don't think anyone's threatened by them. I think the 2024 Fairy Hawks are going to be a good team. I just don't think the 2023 ones are. Yeah, it's just unfortunate. They're going to battle in that division again, too. It's going to be a war zone. Oh, yeah, it's going to get bad for them. Because mm-hmm. uh, I don't see Southern Maryland getting worse. Yeah, fair. Uh, switching over to the American Association, we just have Let's them in the Pioneer League pick left. Up speed. We're like halfway there. Let's see if we can't get this done before 1 in the morning. Um, oh, yeah, let's do it. Yep. Speeding up. Yep. Milwaukee. Uh, they can kind of pitch and they can hit. They're actually a really good team. They've gotten hot lately. I like them. That'll work, and they're fun to watch too. I like the team. Yep, absolutely. They are. I like Anthony Burrow too as a manager. I think he's a really good guy to play for. Uh, Facts. Yep. Uh, Cleaver. They are a team that can't really pitch, but they can kind of hit. Logan Watkins is doing what he can. Uh, that is a weird division he's in, and it's a fifty-fifty team. Uh, yeah. I mean, and that feels exactly like what they are, and you know. I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the playoffs, but I would be surprised to see them near Milwaukee. And oops, that's exactly where they're at right now. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they're one of two non-losing teams in the division. So that tells you everything you know about their division. Uh, yeah, you know. Yep. Lake Country. Uh, they are third place in their division. Uh, they are under 500. Uh, they can't really pitch too good, but they can hit. It seems like the manager change really helped them out a lot. Probably a playoff team, I'd say, just because the division is kind of garbo. And... Uh, yep. I, there'll be one and done, but uh, I'm kind of interested to see what Lake Country year three looks like. I mean, yeah, nine and two in their last 11. You know, that's a good sign. Good sign. I mean, huh. yeah, uh, I'm, there's we're seeing the direction that this could be that we didn't see when we we're looking at them last year. Yep. Although Nick Banks retiring does hurt the cause. So, yeah, crazy. Yeah. It's so funny how that happens. Yeah. Plays the All-Star game. Pieces out. Like it. Doses. Uh, yeah, which Lake Country Year 3 versus Staten Island Year 3 is going to be a fun comparison to watch. But 
Yeah, uh, man. That's a good point. I like that. Yeah, they're going to be two interesting teams to watch in that regard. But uh, Chicago, another losing team, uh, 28 and 30. Man, they look yeah. so good to start, and they've just gone downhill since. There's not too many positives here. I mean, like Altman's kind of figured it out a little bit, but even he's not the same guy he was the first two weeks of the year. Yeah, I mean, my positive is outside that ridiculous losing streak, they're, yeah, I mean, eight games above 500. If you take out the 10 game losing streak, which is, you know, math you can do. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah, it's a multiple choice so math question. So yeah. Where you pick the ones closest. Like, Lidge is cool. I like Lidge. Rose has helped him out a bit. Botch is still doing his thing. But there's really, like, three or four guys in this lineup that are doing all the heavy lifting. Yeah, again, not sustainable. And they're still below 500 since the losing streak for 14-16. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, King County, not good. I think we could just... Nope, that's not working. I thought, again, another team where it was like, oh, and then no. Yeah. Yeah. Pitching's really? okay, but yeah, they just yeah. The pitching is keeping them in it. I like that pitching staff actually, but yeah, they're not the the move right there. Um, I mean, I think it's worth pointing out like they have. I think they have three all stars right on the pitching staff in the starting line, uh, starting rotation. Yeah, Mirror Fox Beardsley, but yeah, yeah eh, not getting it done. Yeah, which also can we just say for a quick second, Jimmy Kerrigan has fallen way off. And that is noticeable. Yeah, man. Um, 700 points, or not 700 points, a 70-point drop in the batting average, a third of the home runs he had last year. That is just not it. Yeah, that's, I don't know. I don't know if that's a league getting used to him or maybe the grind getting to him, but, I mean, he played a lot of games in 2021. So yeah. I guess I just, you know, maybe it's regression to the mean. Maybe it's, could be. it could be a lot of things. I'll have to look into it. That's also one where I'm like, I wonder if he's been hit by some pitches here. I wonder if he like, you know, he could have gotten up at some point. Yeah, yeah I'll have to it. look into that, see if that's been a year-long thing or if he's been, yeah, you know, whatever. But, uh, Gary, uh, this is a team that is streaky as hell. They have moments where you're like, huh? And then, uh, and then, huh? And then, yeah. uh, overall, just not a good team as a unit. Can't really pitch that well. Can't really hit that well. Ballpark doesn't help him in any regard. It's just not nope. it. Yeah, I don't know. It, I want them to be good. I was really excited when they went on that cut, like streak there early, but yeah, just yeah, um, that's the best yeah, way of describing them. Uh, oh, yeah, switching Go over. Ahead. You're good. Yep. Next division, Kansas City. Uh, really good team. <laughs> really good team. Yeah. Really good. Uh, just about every regard. Um, that's pretty much all there is to it with them. They can hit, they can pitch, they can get doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really know what else to add on that. They're, they're very good. I think they're a very complete team also. Um, they're getting contribute. They're in a weird mode where they're a good team and they're getting all the, the ones who are like, Oh, like if that works out, it's going to be good. It's all those guys seem to be working out for them right now. Um, yeah, yeah, I just, I mean, Jalen Miller tossing it right now is really interesting. I think, yeah, that's a good team. Yeah. Um, rewinding for one second, by the way, uh, Kerrigan went on, uh, hold on. Oops, 880 happened. Yeah. yeah, you know, actually, he's been improving throughout this year, too. That's the funny thing. He had a really slow start. Anyway, yeah. back to Kansas City. Really good. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they're going to be a problem all the way through. I think we both picked them maybe to win the league last time we talked about it, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. Uh, Fargo. Uh, team was really hot, 
and they've really dropped off. I know they've been dealing with injuries and things of that sort, but uh, I don't know. Uh, they just really aren't having it come together this year. Yeah, I don't see Sioux Falls threatening them, though, so that's a silver lining. Uh, I think well, Sioux Falls ain't going to do who, nothing. Sioux City may do something. Yeah. Um, but Sioux City, I mean, Sioux City can do whatever they want. They're still be in the playoffs, you know what yeah, I mean? Fair. Um, so I don't see them missing the playoffs. I feel like Coast is the kind of manager who like has that wherewithal to be like, hey, like, all right. Get in. Don't worry about it. Like, let's eye on the prize type of thing and they'll get through. I still think they have the potential to do damage in uh, the playoff depending on their matchup. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, there are. That's the thing. They've proven themselves in the past, so that earns them a lot of leeway. Uh, Name of the game is avoiding Kansas City in the first round. Fair. That's very fair. Yep. Uh, Sioux City. This is a team that's really rebounded well from some lackluster years. Um, they can kind of pitch the hitting suspect really hot start. They've come back to more of the mean as of late. So I don't really know what to make of them. Yeah, um, I think they had a really good winning stretch followed by a really good losing stretch. And they've been playing, I mean, above 500 balls since then. They had a nice little eight-game winning streak in there right when the month started. Yep. Um, I, I think that is a positive indicator. Of course, they did just drop a series to Lake Country. It's not the best sign, but Lake Country's all right right now. But yeah. just took two out three from Fargo. I think they're a legit team. I think they could do damage in the playoffs too. I don't, again, like with everything at the asterisk of, you know, until they play Kansas City. But, uh, yeah, moving on. Lincoln, a team that's been up and down a lot this year. Pitching's not been great. Uh, they need to work that out. But uh, outside of that, batting, if they could get a couple of more key contributors, maybe make it work. But they seem like a team that's going to be kind of the victim of Kansas City. Yeah, I agree. Um, worth noting, by the way, Kansas City is 1-5 against Sioux City. Um, but Lincoln, yeah, that's the same read. I don't see them losing a playoff spot right now, but I definitely don't really see them winning in the first round either. So yeah, yeah. put them in that category. Yeah. Because, uh, Sioux Falls, not a good team. Uh, 169 whip. Nice. And they can't really hit too good. Nope. There's not much going on there. Um, Darnell Sweeney's going on and Akeem Bostick and that's it. Oh, well, white over. It's kind of. Yeah, it's just too many runs, man. I mean, it's better than it's been. It's my silver lining, but it's still worse than anybody else. Yeah, fair. Like, that's, yeah. <laughs> uh, Winnipeg, uh, kind of like the worst of all oh, worlds here. God. Below yeah. average pitching, and they're not putting up any real runs. They're not really getting on base. They're not really doing anything. Uh, they are in the Greg Taggart experience. I, yeah. Oh, I Jabari Henry's also doing good for uh, Sioux Falls, by the way. Facts. Yeah, I just don't know what to make of it. You know, worst power ranking team in the league, worst average team in the league, like what? <laughs> worst OPS in the league. Yeah, there's nothing really there. And then you look and you're just second worst in whip, second worst in basically every pitching category. It's like, God, guys, like, I don't know. Um, they didn't project well, but I don't think they projected this badly either. It's They've gone on some stretches that are just brutal. But they've had three separate five-plus game losing streaks now. Like, ugh. That's within 50 games. <laughs> it's yeah. not going to work. Yeah, they just get get rolled up on kind of. I think things just escalate. There's no one to really stop the bleeding when things start going south. Fair, very fair. Uh, over to the Pioneer League. Pioneer, let's go. Nearly done. Nearly done with this. Uh, Missoula. I have 17 minutes of thoughts on billing. Um, yeah, Missoula. Yeah, I mean. Probably the best team yeah. in the league, if not uh, right up there. Uh, they kind of do everything. Team. 
yeah, most complete team. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think they're very good. I think boys glacier hot right now. I'll be interested to see how some things play out there, but, um, yeah, that is, yeah, this is as build, I think. Oh, I blame yeah, global warming for glacier's hot streak. Dude, they went to the extras or the knockout round last night with Ogden. They're eight, eight in the bottom of the ninth right now too. That's the team that can play. What a series! Yeah, Glacier's actually up next. Uh, solid team, solid team. They've Dude, improved. They're hot right now, man. I mean, even yeah, more than being it. hot right now. They're they sixteen games above five hundred. Even without the hot streak, they're still good. Yeah, true. Um, what is it now? They just lost tonight. Finally lost. So they had a ten game winning streak before that. Um, and they weren't close. I mean, they played Idaho Falls. So put an asterisk on it, sure. But um. Yeah, they're a good team. They've been beating some good teams also. Um, they lost two out of three recently to Missoula, but one of those losses was a two-run loss. They almost got them. So they can compete, man. They can make it a series. I think they have a good shot here moving forward. We'll see. Absolutely. Uh, Billings. Uh, Billings, like Billings. Um, you know, not much else to say on it. They just can't beat the good teams. Like, that's it. And there's too many good teams on their schedule currently. <laughs> yeah. um, they're not scoring. Uh, the pitching has been hot at times. So it's starting to fade back to average. I just don't think they're going to be able to get any momentum for the second half. Not not with this current. Setup. Yeah, I think there's too much ahead of them in that division. I don't think it's really going to make a difference, and they're not yeah. good at really and the best any offenses, thing. And the best offenses in the league, I mean, are really beating them. Like, they're yeah. really getting beat up uh, by the good teams. I mean, if you look, there's big losing streaks in their schedule, and it's because, like, they're getting teed off on by, like, the Boise's, the uh glacier is getting to them even though they lost today uh glacier and missoula tagged them like missoula and glacier trade them back and forth for like a nine game losing streak like it's just tough yeah uh i think we could probably combine these two with great falls Mm -hmm. and idaho falls pretty much the same record pretty much the same story uh great falls is slightly better than they are better than idaho Mm -hmm. falls it is idaho falls has basically been everyone's whipping boy and speaking of yeah, whip, man. Idaho Falls is a whip over two. A Great Falls Ooh. whip slightly under two. Uh, these these are just two not really good teams that really don't do much well. I will give Great Falls this. They can kind of hit. They're better than Billings than in the hitting department. They are probably third best in the division in the hitting category. But they just can't pitch worth a damn to save their life. And I just, you know... I have to do a deeper dive into this, and I, I will. So maybe we'll touch base on there. I'll post something on my stuff. But yeah. it's just there's exact. It's, it's so much worse than last year. Like I don't know what went sideways on them. It's I. The projection said they should have been similar to last year, but this is just. I mean, they are getting rolled on by teams right now. It's bad. Is this is a trend? It's a, what a three and a half minus three and a half run differential per game right now. It's yeah, you know, it's bad. Yeah. Uh, over to the South Division, Ogden. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ogden yep. Second best team, third best team in the league? I'm going second best right now, even though Glacier's hot. Well, yeah, no, I'd say, I'll say third best. I think Glacier could probably get them these days. But, um, yeah, good team, hands down. I think they're better than everyone else around them. I think mm-hmm. they'll be, you know. The pitching think, helps uh, out a lot, too. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's, there's they a lot of games that you pitching watch supplements. and you're like, that's it. You're, there's a lot of games you look at and you're like, oh, they're making this look easy. And that's that's the indicator. Uh, Boise. A team that, honestly, numbers-wise isn't overly impressive, but they string together some wins that kind of fly under the radar. 
I don't think they'd be a problem in the playoffs. I think they'd probably get in too. But uh, overall, they just seem like kind of an average team that takes advantage of being average. Yeah, I mean, they beat bad teams. That's fine. That's what they do. Um, but yeah, if you look, I mean, they're just not beating Ogden with any consistency. I think, you know, they're, they've lost the last two series with them. Um, when it comes to, they haven't played in Missoula yet. They lost to three to Glacier. Like they beat, you know, they beat up on Billings last week. Um, they do, that's what they do. They beat Northern Colorado two out of three. They lost to Grand Junction. They're just who they are. They're, they're a middle of the road team. And I don't see them really, I don't see them threatening Ogden. That's for sure. Yeah. That, that's not changing. Uh, yeah. Northern Colorado. What are we thinking? Hey, man, they're getting, you know, they're getting more games in. That's yeah. good. Stadium situation got solved. They can hit. They can't pitch worth a damn. And they've stopped embarrassing themselves every other week. So, they've gotten better. If I'm honest, yeah, I'm really surprised by how good the team's been. Um, I mean, what, game under 500 right now? Um, about that, yeah. One, I mean, look, they, they're not beating good teams. They're, I mean, they got punked by Billings several games around, like, six or seven games at one point in a row. Um, they struggle with teams like Grand Junction who can score like crazy, but they get their wins where they have to. They had a good streak early in the year. They're kind of holding it together now. Yeah, I'm impressed. I don't think it's going anywhere this year, but there's definitely future there. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Rocky Mountain. Team mm-hmm. kind of goes in, in and out. They can kind of hit, but also... They I love we're doing the Jackalopes last. I love that. Uh, Rocky Mountain, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. They're just... Rocky Mountain. Thank God that they've sort of situated their roster situation, you know, yeah. over past years. But yeah, I don't know. Um, there's really not much to add. You know, the offense is good, but it's not good enough to justify justify the pitching situation. So the vibes are like playing reggae off of a uh, wireless speaker from your phone. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, it's not there bad. It's not discomforting, but it's just not the same as hearing it being played live. Not what I'm here for. Yeah, that's the best way of describing it. Uh, last team on, in this review, Grand Junction. Uh, kind of can hit. Disappointing from last year. Uh, can't pitch worth a lick. Two point two WHIP. A nearly a ten ERA. Uh, yeah, not good. Yeah, but them boys hit the ball, don't they? They do. Like I'll say, I mean, if you want to show. To a Jack Lopes game. I mean, that's, you know, if you want like a throwback Pioneer League experience, that's almost a Pecos League experience. Go see Northern Colorado. I mean, it has been, all right, hold on, bear with me here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven consecutive games, the team scoring at least 10 runs. And hold on, bear with me one more time. One, two. Oh, God, this is harder. Counting is hard. Three, four. Mm, I can get it. This is great audio content. Five. <laughs> so I'm looking at six, seven, eight. Wow, look at that series. Nine. And then 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. I've got 15 games out of the, uh, what now, uh, however many they've played, 15 out of their... Oh my God, Ryan! There we go. Fifteen now. There are now fifty games they've played. Have had team both teams score less than ten rounds. Okay. I love it. 
inject it in my veins. It is chaos. They, they're getting ready for the future Pecos League Pioneer League merger. Dude, the Pecos poppies getting them runs. Oh, God. So there's our review halfway through the year. Who's good? Who's not good? What's indifferent? The whole situation. Energy kind of lagged off for the last, like, 20 minutes of it. But uh, to be fair. Mine didn't. You're, you're, like, eating the stuff in my walls. So that's why. I am unwell. That's a given. I do have crystal ball (laughs) stuff and props. I don't really want to do them, but I'm just going to throw them out here. Boise Glacier win the second half in the Pioneer League. Uh, uh, what am I supposed? What do you? What is this? A prediction, or am I supposed to give feedback? No, uh, if you want to give feedback, you can. It's the crystal ball thing. That's long term. That will probably be wrong. Nah, I still think Missoulagden. Fair. Uh, no New York based teams will make the Frontier League playoffs. Uh, I want to see Tri City be able to close it out, and New York has not been strong enough. Now, granted, the Myers are not helping this in the least bit. But, eh, who knows? Maybe they come back. I think Tri-City makes it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, and then I have a PA-based team makes the Atlantic League postseason. I uh, just see York or Lancaster Ooh. making it. If not, Yeah, both. I think you got to bet on that, right, at this point. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense not to. They got the top two teams in the division right now. It's early in the half, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, prop stuff, this is where feedback will be appreciated. We'll get through this fairly quick. Uh, Glacier's team whip will be a 1.62. I did not list if it's at week's end or year's end. So I will assume that I meant what's their whip right now. One point. Let's assume by the next time we record, it'll be a 1.62. Um, I think it'll be lower than that. Yep. Okay. Feel good about it. Okay. Uh, and then seeing as I'm going to be on vacation next week, the final prop is I will watch 11 and a half hours of baseball, uh, from now until the end of my vacation on the 28th. Feels like under you operate off of Twitter. Fair. That's very fair. I'm glad to see that that comes through. Yeah. I hey, man, I've done the same. Yeah. So that's where we're at. Uh, I'm looking at three hours. I'm looking at a bitch of an edit when I get to North Carolina, but, uh, that's a me problem. So, you got anything yeah, else left I mean, to throw in here? Throw it in here. Uh, yeah, Indie Ball Nation, YouTube, podcast platforms, Instagram, Twitter. I'll be posting all sorts of random stuff probably throughout the next couple of weeks. Um, because I got a, you know, got the leftovers from our episodes, and I've got oh, uh, a couple you're gonna weird be other videos. Scraps from this too. Uh, well, I know it. Not I pig scraps it. though. No, not pig scraps. That would be, I guess, offensive to your beliefs. We're going to keep talking about Squealon Musk. I hate it. Or Kevin Bacon. Oh, yeah. And Amazon anyway. Prime. My God. Amazon Prime, let's go on best. I came up with it, so I'm biased. Uh, y'all know where to follow everything. I'm not even going to bother plugging it, you know. <laughs> I think I've killed him. 228 episodes of this. Y'all know already. If you don't know, then I don't know what to tell you. Plus, half yeah, this shit's linked in the description. Do what that Back. says. Subscribe. View Twitter, Instagram, threads. If you would like to donate a UCL to Andrew Painter, please give me a call. My God. All right. Until next time, don't forget to like all whatever it is we say here. 